This is the sermon from Reverend Dr. Bob John, pastor of Aldersgate United Methodist Church in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. We hope you are blessed with this message today. If you are seeking a church family, we are located at 242 Boston Road. Our worship services are at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays. May God bless you and your family this day and give you peace. The Gospel reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And that can be found on page 1 in the New Testament portion of your Pew Bible. And if you're able, please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Called the Midwife is a BBC drama about a group of uh, nurse midwives in the East End of London in the late 1950s and 1960s. One day, two nurses are called to help with a middle-aged couple, Ted and Winnie. When Ted finds out that his wife, Winnie, is going to have their child, he's elated. He screams out of joy and he goes to the bookstore and buys some books to learn more about nursing a child and raising a kid. Meanwhile, as due date approaches, Winnie grows anxious. She is angry with her husband and she is just devastated. Finally, she confesses to the nurses that this baby is not from her marriage with Ted. Her pregnancy was by mistake with another man when she was temporarily 
cheating on Ted in secret. Winnie tells these nurses that she loves Ted and she wants to spend the rest of, his, of her life with him. But she's afraid when Ted sees the skin color of this baby, he realizes what happened and he might leave her. I wonder what it was like for Joseph to hear from Mary that she wasn't pregnant. They had been engaged for some time, but they were not married yet, and they did not live together. But Joseph heard um, that his fiance, Mary, is now pregnant, which she claims is an act of God. Well, neither the Gospel of Matthew nor Luke tells us the detail of how Mary conveyed this message to Joseph. But we can imagine how distressful it was for Joseph to find out this scandalous news. Mary probably appealed, Joseph, I've never been unfaithful to you or to our engagement. Please believe me, this happened to me by the Holy Spirit. But who would believe her? The law, according to Deuteronomy, was clear about the consequence of an engaged woman committing adultery with another man. Both of them were to be brought to face death, according to the law. But the Gospel of Matthew says that Joseph was a righteous man. Instead of bringing Mary to public shame, he tried to divorce her by dissolving their engagement. Some years ago, I couldn't understand why Joseph was being called righteous when he knew that Mary would be left alone and possibly condemned to death. I thought that Joseph was a self-righteous person in his own way by putting a distance for himself from Mary and claiming purity and integrity for himself. But a little historical background could be helpful here. Now, in Jesus' time, when there were families with young children, a matchmaker would step up and kind of help them arrange their, the marriage for these children. It was a verbal agreement that later would become a more formal contract when the girl entered puberty. So when this was arranged, the groom would uh, pay money, or the family, the father of the groom, would pay the money called a mohar to the family of the bride as a token of appreciation or the price of this marriage. In today's world, a mohar, that money would be comparable to a one-bedroom house. Also, the groom would give his bride a large sum of money called matan. In a way, this money was given to the bride to make sure that she would have a means of survival in case the groom died prematurely or the groom wanted to divorce her. However, in case the bride was the one who committed adultery, both of these monies would return to the groom. Furthermore, the bride, because she brought shame to her family and her community, she also had to face 
the punishment from her, her neighbors. So when the Bible tells us that Joseph was a righteous person, unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, it means that he would take all the blame as the one who got Mary pregnant before their marriage and somehow changed his mind and say, well, I just don't want to marry Mary at this point. Her neighbors would frown upon Joseph and say, he was an irresponsible person who abandoned his wife and also his unborn child. Because he's the one who changed his mind about their marriage, both Mohar and Matan, those monies, would be given to Mary and stay in her family, at least giving her and her child a way to survive financially. Therefore, the Gospel of Matthew calls Joseph righteous because despite the shame and offense from Mary, he still wanted to preserve the life of Mary and also her child. And what you think about this act of Joseph, but in real life, we know that this does not happen always. I know a friend of mine from my childhood with his two other siblings, raised by their single mother. Her ex-husband was drinking away a little of what was left from his income, while never visiting his three sons or supporting them financially. In my ministry, I know a man who could not deal with his handicapped daughter so he left her along with her mother, never to be heard from again. And Joseph, he knew that this baby conceived in the womb of his fiancée Mary was not his child. And it was such an ugly scandal, and he could have claimed both his money and integrity. Instead, he decided to take all the blame and dismiss and disappear himself completely from the picture. The night before he was going to do all this, the Gospel of Matthew tells us the angel of God came to him in his dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her womb is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph wakes up from the dream, and he, he did as the angel told him. One can imagine that he ran, he rushed to the door of Mary's house, and he knocked on the door, Mary, Mary, I believe you now. I believe that the child you carry is from God. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm right here with you and for our child. Upon receiving the message from God, Joseph not only listened, but he also believed the message from God. He takes Mary as his wife. He adopts Jesus as his own child so that he would belong to the family tree of David. He believed, and I believe that's why he's called righteous. 
In his book, Faithful, Adam Hamilton shares his insight that God's plan to save the world greatly depended on one man's willingness to raise, to raise a child who was not his own. Through my ministry, I have encountered some parents who adopted their children from South Korea. Upon learning that I was coming to their church as their new pastor, these parents called me and they were just so happy and they, they would say, our child is so excited that our new pastor is from Korea. As I learned from these parents, it's not easy to raise a child who is not just from another family, but also from another country, another culture. I mean, I have my own problems raising my own kids who are from me. But these adopted children later learn that they often belong to neither America nor Korea. They're feeling often resentful, confused, or angry. They're so upset that why they were abandoned in the first place and tossing from foster family to another. They're so angry that the society would not accept them for their skin color, not speaking their own original national language. However, these parents were patient they continue to support them with their prayers and love. They were saying, you are my child, and you are a blessing from God. Maybe you have someone who is other than your own parent, who adopted you as his or her child, and loved you as God loves you. It could be your Sunday school teacher, a long time ago, it was someone from your church who just stopped by to say hi to you and, and listen to your story. In my former church in Putnam, Connecticut, we had a woman named Faith. Faith was a registered nurse who worked in the town hospital for over 30 years. Working as a nurse, she received and welcomed so many babies in the community she would hold the baby and, and say to them, like, you are a beloved child of God. Many people in the town called her Aunt Faith, not just because she had known them as little babies, but also because she prayed for them. She made them, these little babies and the children, their the families, some Christmas stockings. And she showed up often with a basket of fruits. Faith passed away this June of this year at the age of 97. At the funeral service, the altar in the church was covered with the Christmas stockings that she made for these children, babies, who have grown now and remember her love for them. When the angel told Mary, a teenage girl, that she would be the mother to the Son of God. She boldly said, Yes, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your words. Although this child, his fiancée Mary, was carrying 
was not his child, Joseph boldly said, Yes, Lord, I will raise this child, child as mine, love him and teach him your way. And through the radical obedience of this courageous couple, God fulfills God's redemptive plan to save the world. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God comes to meet us in the midst of our anxiety, fear, and uncertainty, and give us assurance of peace and love, and it starts with none other than this couple, Mary and Joseph, whom God assured that God was with them. I want to finish this sermon with telling you what happens at the end of the episode, the cold midwives. So Ted, after the baby is born, comes into the room to hold his son for the first time. As he holds the baby in his arms, he looks at him, whose skin color is obviously different from his. And Ted becomes speechless. Both the nurses and Winnie, his wife, also keep silent, anxiously waiting to hear what Ted might say. After a few seconds of mixed emotions on his face, Ted finally says, Winnie, I don't reckon to know much about the babies, but I can see how this is the most beautiful baby in the world. What should we call him? Winnie is on the verge of tears as, as Ted embraces this child as his own. And she asks us, why don't you choose my love? And Ted answers, we'll call him Edward. That is a good old family name, my son Edward. Mary turned to Joseph and asked him, What should we call him? And he probably said, We're calling him Emmanuel. God is with us. Amen. <laughs>